This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 253, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, March 11th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm the host, Adam Chapman, and this is our Comic Reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, March 11th. And yes, that is a long time ago. Um, So I'm recording this on Saturday the 21st, so it's now been 10 days uh, since comics that came out on the 11th were released. Uh, This is also episode 253. Um, I unfortunately just had this entire week got away from me. Usually I like to have the reviews episodes up by... The Wednesday following the the week I'm doing the comic reviews for, so usually that'd be the March 18th would have been my hope to have this up. Um, just so much other things going on in life meant that it couldn't happen. So this will be a condensed episode, and I say that a lot. But this this one I'm going to try and make even more condensed. I think we're looking at about 10 or so comics. Try and keep it brief because these comics are already old. But I, I do at least want to provide some commentary on some of them, and then next episode. Uh, hopefully I'll be a little slower paced, able to kind of go through it easier. Uh, next episode, I, I mean the reviews episode, 255. 254 will be up probably by the end of the day. Um, I'm probably going to have both episodes releasing today. Uh, so if you're listening to this, you know, middle of the day on March 21st, just know in a few hours you're getting a brand new Talk and Heroclix episode. Um, if you're actually listening to it when I release it. Which, who knows if you are. So let's just jump right in, uh, now that I've done a way too long preamble. Uh, first up is Action Comics 14. Um, you know what, I, I kind of realized as much as like I was kind of giving uh, Greg Pak a bit of a hard time earlier in his run on Action Comics, I, I'm actually starting to really enjoy this book because it definitely has a different flavor to it. Um, Superman doesn't feel like kind of the brash Superman we get in some of the other Superman books, but he definitely feels like he has a bit more of a an older feel to him, a little bit wiser feel than he's, but not the pre-New 52 kind of wise Superman, but younger than that, but older than what we kind of started with in the New 52. Um, this is a Bizarro story, which in, more or less kind of is a, um, a preamble and leading up to uh, Bizarro's new ongoing starting in, I guess, what, June? Um this is by Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter. I, I liked it. It was it was kind of fun and silly. Uh, it's, I mean, all Bizarro stories kind of always feel the same, but the way that they introduced kind of Doomsday to it and the Doomsday effect to Doomsday, uh, sorry, to um, the Bizarro was kind of weird and crazy as well. I'm sad that Superman no longer has the beard and it's ripped off by like a weird kind of creature. That's kind of a bummer because I really kind of like the take, how Aaron Cooter's take on the character with the beard it really just worked for me. Um, whenever Superman grows a beard, it seems awesome. Um, so I'm gonna, I, I, it's it, it, it's growing on me as a run, and I'm enjoying it more. It's not the best Bizarro story I've ever read, but far from the worst. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Uh, next up is uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and this will be issue sixteen, which is uh, Peril at Parker Industries by Dan Slott and uh, Christos Gage as the writers. Uh, it's called The Graveyard Shift Part One, uh, and it's Humberto Ramos back in art. Um, I don't know. I I wasn't overly thrilled. I I was hoping coming back to you know the uh, the regular kind of continuity and getting away from Spider Verse would be more interesting. But instead, it felt like more of the same. A lot of the more kind of sloppy writing of Peter Parker, um, which I guess I just I feel like the Peter Parker who having been through everything he's been through, have, being being having been through kind of dying and being replaced. 
kind of like when he was taken out by Craven in Craven's Last Hunt, but obviously very different uh, by Dr. Octopus. He was taken out, replaced by Dr. Octopus. He takes his life back, and then he doesn't really do much with it. And he's just kind of meandering through, and it is Spider-Verse, which, again, didn't feel like it was an earned victory for most of it. And then we get this, and it's just some of the, fu- the fight sequence with the iguana is kind of funny and... It has some moments to it, but and then we also have a backup with more of the kind of terrible writing of Black Cat. Not terrible, just going so far away from anything that I re- ever recognized the Black Cat being. And I understand evolution to characters and evolving them, but it's another thing when you take a character and it feels like such out of left field that it doesn't feel organic. And that's what I think has happened to her. So I'm going to give it a five. Um, I wasn't even a big fan of Humberto Ramos' artwork. I'm, sometimes I'm, you know... There was a time back in the day, like 13 years ago, I really didn't like his art. Uh, I came around and started enjoying it more, but there's some times where I'm just kind of like, why do I like them again? Like, it's just not quite right for me. Uh, next up is Ant-Man number three by Nick Spencer and um, what is Ramon Rosanas. I actually really dug this. Uh, I like how continuity is being used. It's interesting that they use so much kind of classic old school Scott Lang continuity, and yet at the same time, everything with Stature's continuity feels like it's erased, ignored, and otherwise just thrown away. Like, I, I can't imagine the Cassie that I got to know reading, you know, well, I the first Cassie Lang I ever got to know was actually a stinger in MC2, but that's a whole other thing. But realistically as a young avenger like i i got to know stature as a character and then the way she's written in this book feels so different because she's just so not that character and i guess dying coming back might make you feel that way but it just feels like they're regressing cassie to seeming like a much younger character and it just doesn't work for me at all but it's interesting because then everything else about this is so steeped in Scott Lang's continuity. So it's like they're like, well, we like Scott Lang's continuity, but not the continuity of his daughter. And his daughter seeming older makes him seem older, and that's bad. So let's make him look younger and more like the one we're going to see in the movie. Let's make the daughter seem a little bit younger like in the movie. Oh, she was stature? Eh, let's pretend she wasn't. Like, that's what this feels like. And it's frustrating because I like it. I like the issue, but that one part about stature kind of being erased and it's just this weird cassie lang as if stature never existed really really sticks in my craw but everything else is fantastic the artwork's great but rosanas um i like that it's kind of looping around to the origin of ant-man i think that's cool because scott lang i mean i i kind of missed the the scott lang we kind of got in the ff uh, ongoing a couple years ago but at the same time i like kind of him being on his own and doing his own thing and uh, Nick Spencer kind of making him the heroic version of Boomerang, if you know what I mean. Like Captain, uh, not Captain, but uh, Boomerang was kind of you know an also ran who became a star of Superior Foes of Spider Man by Nick Spencer and was a really well written character there, even though he was a villain. And here he this this feels like it's the same type of thing, but now you have a hero instead of a villain, but they're still kind of screw ups and screwing up in different ways. Uh, Taskmaster's used to great effect. I liked his repartee with uh, Scott Lang as well. I really dug this, even though the continuity bit really irks me. And I know it shouldn't, but it just does. It sticks in my craw. Uh, so next up is Batman Eternal, number 49. Really, I liked it. it. The art was good. It definitely felt like you were really getting somewhere. Uh, it's written by Scott Snyder, James Tinney, and the fourth, at least they did this story. Kyle Higgins on script, Ray Fox and Tim Seeley as consulting writers, and Fernando Blanco on art. Love his art. I really liked um, uh, Commissioner Gordon kind of beating up uh, Penguin and barricading himself inside a, a cell. Very cool. Uh, seeing the Bat family going, kind of struggling in their own uh, mission. Um, having Penny 2 figuring out a way to get around it. 
Clue Master, uh, sorry, spoiler, escaping from Clue Master, um, uh, Alfred taking out Hush in his own, which was kind of badass. Um, very cool. And then the very ending, then uh, unfortunately this doesn't really get to be paid off in the next issue because I've already read it, but um, having the bat planes careening towards uh, Bane is really cool, but then it doesn't really, it doesn't feel like it gets its, it's kind of, um, it, it doesn't get its true moment of the song, but everything else I thought was actually really well done. We're writing it down to the wire. It's almost over. Um, so definitely kind of digging it. Uh, next up is, so I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. Next up is Fantastic Four, 644. Um, there's so much going on here. Um, but I do like it as the end is almost forever. Uh, it's written by James Robinson. This is part four of Back in Blue, artwork by Leonard Kirk. Uh, now everyone's kind of back in their costumes. There's a lot going on here. There's, you know, um, teaming up with Sleepwalker. There's more of the Future Foundation. There's the Heroes Are Born versions of the Avengers going up against um, uh, the Fantastic Four and their friends. There's the Frightful Four showing up as well. There's just so much going on. Um, you know, Namor is teaming up with with uh, uh, Jim Hammond as well. You got Psycho Man. Like, there's so much going on. And next, the next issue is the final one. And I'm actually really ex- kind of interested to see what's going to happen the next. Um, so I'm going to give this a uh, you know seven and a half out of ten. It was actually not. A, I'm being a little stingy. I'll give it an eight. Very strong. Very good issue. Uh, actually, there was a lot of strong issues that I read this week. Thankfully, uh, considering I had to wait so long to be able to read some of these. Uh, next up is the, and it's interesting that we're getting a lot of these kind of um, last pages where we're kind of teasing the next issue because now that I realize it, I hadn't really thought about this, but we got that in Fantastic Four. We have a kind of a last page where it's like, in the end, will blah, 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 happen. Check out next month in the fanta- final issue of Fantastic Four. And then at the end of the issue of Miles Morales Spider-Man, you get the same type of thing where the same kind of recap, which is very cool. I hadn't even noticed it until I thought about it right now. Uh, this issue is written by Brian Michael Bendis, artwork by David Marquez. Uh, it looks fantastic. Um, uh, you know, you got the, those kind of spider thief twins going up against Black Widow, which is really cool. You have uh, everyone in Miles Morales' life getting abducted by Hydra. Um, just kind of really cool, uh, kind of thrilling. I don't know how Doom ties into this. It's only it's only funny, again, once you read a bunch of things and then you realize that there's two issues here that came out that are in the, this week that were totally separate and even have different versions of Doom, but still that's kind of the climactic kind of ending that this group that we find out who they're really working for and it's Doom. And that happened here in New, in New Avengers, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, so I really dug this issue. Fantastic art. Um, the interplay between uh, Katie Bishop and... Um, and Miles Morales was really good and authentic feeling. Uh, I've really dug this 8 out of 10. Again, I'm running out of 8s. Uh, next up is New Avengers 31. Uh, I, I, I like this quite a lot. Um, well, sorry, I thought this was a different issue. This issue is one of the ones that I'm kind of frustrated. So it's called Robin Malal. And they've kind of said that Robin Malal was like this big piece. And we have this, the, all this stuff with Doctor Strange right now, I'm not sure if I really get it. They jumped forward and I just felt really confused where, where Doctor Strange is concerned. So you have this idea that you have all these kind of, what are they, these, these eyes. And uh, the master of them all is Doctor Strange. And he also knows all the words. I, I forget exactly how this all works. Um, so they're kind of looking after, looking for like a multidimensional door. They end up in a place where there are, are no words. So he's almost helpless against all these swans. He's able to survive. He's brought to Robin Malal, who turns out to be none other than Doctor Doom. 
and which kind of feels like a wah wah, like it, it makes the whole thing kind of feel smaller. At the same time, probably better than just being some new mythical entity. I don't know. I, I felt myself let down, but I wasn't sure why I was let down. Just it felt like it, it was not quite meeting the mark of what it could have been, but I don't know why. Um, the artwork in the issue, let me just pull up who did the art. And yeah, it, it just, of all the kind of time resident issues, this one is one of the ones where it felt a little, I don't know, it, it was actually more concentrated. It was more focused, but I was less interested in the characters who got, got the focus. Artwork by Kev Walker was fine. I just wasn't the biggest fan. I'm going to give it, a, as I said, a 6 out of 10. Uh, next up is a book that I absolutely adored. The uh, Nova Annual Number 1. Um, this was so much fun, and I was really kind of shocked just how much fun it was. Uh, it's four ninety nine, so it's not for the, uh, the uh, faint of heart, I guess, in terms of this cost. Written by Jared Dugan, artwork by David Baldion, so it's, it's basically the regular creative team of Nova. And we have um, Sam Alexander trying to figure out what to do about his helmet, so he goes to, you know, the ruins of uh, the Baxter Building, finds Doc Green, the person who's basically responsible for damaging his helmet when he was inverted uh, during the Axis event, and is able, basically asks Doc Green to help him. He ends up wearing, like, a paper bag over his head for a while, which is very funny if you know anything about uh, when uh, Spider-Man lost his... Um, or was got his black costume taken off, and he needs something to hide his identity. He got to wear a paper bag, so that's a nice kind of funny callback. Um, Doc Green steals a spaceship basically from the FF, and they fly into space. And there's the whole idea that uh, the Hulk doesn't do well in space, and he really doesn't like it. Um, there's just, there's a lot of gags in here, a lot of jokes, but they don't feel unearned. They're, except for the one with Hulk throwing up, felt a little weird. Um, they finally are able to kind of fix the helmet, which was really cool. Um, Sam Alexander and uh, and uh, Doc Green kind of then have a bit of an explore, uh, exploration through space. Again, there's more gags at Nowhere uh, with Cosmo. Uh, they're definitely leading up to Nova being part of the Black uh, Vortex storyline, which, to be honest, I haven't even really caught up on. Um, I'm a few issues behind on that. Uh, I really dug this. I thought it was probably one of the strongest books of the week. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, it just had it had enthusiasm. It had fun. Um, it just it felt good natured. It's everything I like about the Nova book in general, um, and condensed into you know one giant annual. I really dug this. Uh, next up is Spider Man twenty ninety nine number ten, uh, Misery at the Hands of the Maestro, artwork by Will Slinney, written by Peter David. Um, this book has really suffered. I mean, it had such a cool hook when it started. And then it got involved in Spider-Verse, which isn't Peter David's fault. And now he's kind of in 2099, but trying to go back in time. Um, it, it was okay. It wasn't great, though. Um, it, it just felt... I don't know. It just it didn't quite hit, hit all the marks. You had Doctor Strange uh, from 2099 show up, which was kind of cool, because I kind of remember a little bit about the character, but not much. Um, but that was about it. Like, it, it was okay. It, it didn't... It didn't surpass being okay. There's just something missing, and part of it's that it feels like the book has no direction. And I don't think that's actually Peter David's fault at all. Um, I think it's just he's subject to things outside of his control, and unfortunately that ruins the flow of his story sometimes, and that's what's been happening so far. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Uh, I really like the art. I just think the story was derailed. Uh, and last up is Star Wars number three, um, which I continue to really enjoy. It's a great series. I'm sad the cast today is only going to be on for, what, the six issues, I think? But then we're getting short imminent, so it'll look great, but it will, will look different and feel different. 
Uh, so this issue is by John, Jason Aaron and John Cassidy, as we get to see more of kind of the initial adventure uh, at the weapons factory. Uh, Luke kind of being Luke, being very headstrong. We also see Vader doing some awesome things. Um, we see, again, even Leia gets to kind of be badass and save uh, Han Solo. Uh, the humor is still alive in here. It feels like there's a lot going on. Um, I'm interested to see where the kind of the big ending here with um, there being something left in uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, desert hut that's meant for Luke. I'm interested to see where that's going to go. Um, but yeah, I, I dug this. It kind of ended the mini arc, I guess, because this whole segment is kind of completed, but I'm interested to see where Jason Aaron goes next. It remains thrilling and, and uh, kind of keeps the spirit of adventure from the original, uh, you know, the original film, um, and the characters feel note-perfect. Uh, the art's fantastic. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. It remains just strong, strong read. Very enjoyable. Uh, so the books I didn't get a chance to look at, there's a lot of them. Uh, Arrow Season 2.5, number 6. Astro City, 21. Batman Arkham Knight, number 1. Coffin Hill, 16. Constantine, 23. De- Detective Games, Endgame, number 1. Earth 2, World's End, number 23. Fables, The Wolf Among Us, number 3. FBP, Federal Bureau of Physics, number 19. Green Lantern Corps, 40. Injustice, Gods Among Us, Year 3, number 11. Injustice League United, number 10. Clarion, 6. Mortal Kombat X, number 4. New 52, Futures End, 45. New Suicide Squad, number 8. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, number 55. Smallville Season 11, Continuity Number 4, World's Finest 32, All New X-Men 37, Amazing Spider-Man Special Number 1, Captain Marvel 13, Deadpool 43, Guardians Team Up Number 2, Howard the Duck Number 1, Miss Marvel 13, Silver Surfer 10, Spider-Gwen Number 2, Spider-Man and X-Men Number 4, Superior Iron Man 6, uh, Thor Number 6, and Wolverines Number 10. So that's everything I didn't get a chance to read. Holy crap, that's a lot of stuff I'm going to have piling up. Um... Books coming out, well, technically the following week, but really three days ago, uh, are books that came out on the 18th of March. They, some of the highlights at least included um, Batgirl Endgame and um, one of the, you know, a new issue of Batman Superman, Kitchen Number 5, there's the Justice League of America, Trade Paperback Volume 2, Survivors of Evil, um, got the uh, a new issue of Superman, a uh, new issue of Teen Titans from Image, there's, uh, let's see here, Actually, sorry, I, and I didn't even know, I've only read the first issue of this particular series, but apparently from IDW, there was Star Trek Planet of the Apes number four, so I'm really getting behind on that. Uh, from Image Comics, there's the uh, debut of Manhattan Project, Sun Beyond the Stars, number one. And then from Marvel, there was new issues of All New Captain America, All New X-Men, All New X-Men Volume 6 has its uh, new tri- new hardcover, sorry. Um, for fans of Avengers by Kurt Busiek and uh, George Perez, or, or Perez, um, you got The Omnibus Volume 1, $125 solicited, though, so that's crazy. Uh, crazy expensive. Uh, there's the Guardians of the Galaxy Premier Hardcover Volume 4 Original Sin. New issues of Guardians Team Up, Hulk, Loki, Agent of Asgard, Magneto, and Moon Knight. Uh, there's the second trade paperback of Miss Marvel coming out, uh, as well as the third uh, Superior Spider-Man Hardcover as well. So that's everything that came out, uh, well, the week after the one we just talked about, but really just three days ago on the 18th of March. Uh, so, as I said, the next episode we'll have up will be the episode 254, a Talking Heroclix episode. Uh, then 255 will be our reviews episode, hopefully a little bit more timely than it was this week. And then uh, 256, 
it's unclear what that's going to be yet. At some point in the near future, hopefully we'll be having episodes with Tom DeFalco and uh, Fabian Nicieza. Not in the same episode, separate ones, but uh, hopefully those will be good episodes as well. So thanks for joining me for this episode, uh, for episode 253. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also post in our HDROMS thread as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.